And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It is Monday, January 23rd. And we have uh, quite a bit to talk about as we get through the hour today here. Hopefully you all had a good weekend. We're doing okay here in the bunker. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. And it is um, it is time to shout out everybody who's listening to us on the podcast side of things. Significant jump in the numbers over the weekend. I'm not sure what's going on. Open Line Friday has 207 downloads. And Thursday show is 204. So, hi, everybody who's listening for the first time. Good to see all of these numbers coming in. And we do invite you to join us over on the live video side of things. We're on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Odyssey live at 1 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we're on all the different podcast platforms. I'm curious about something. If you would, if you listen to us, on a podcast platform, a podcast player, I would be very interested to know how you found us, what platform you're listening to, and how you found the show. I'm curious. I'm curious. Send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. You can also use that email address for suggested topics and people to invite to the show to be guests. Coming up on Wednesday, actor Ed Quinn will be our guest. You may know him from Eureka. He's got a new rock and roll video coming out because he's a rock and roll musician. So we're going to be talking about that on Wednesday. I'm trying to set up a Thursday conversation with Jim Butler, the president of Paizo, to talk a little bit more about their new open license that they're working on, the ORC. (coughs) I have not confirmed anything, uh, but he is willing to come on the show, so we're arranging and and coordinating and trying to get everybody's schedule to work out. Uh, I still have not heard back from a number of people where I've sent some emails to invite for panel discussion about what's going on with WotC. At some point, maybe... We'll have some kind of a discussion there. But I want to take today uh, to follow up on a few things because the story continues to develop. Uh, but first of all, I want to I want to bring your attention to this. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think this is a bit. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to preface that. Uh, I'm going to preface this. I, I think this is a bit because the stupid football game is coming up and I think this could be part of that this is uh, discussing film posting this but apparently the M&M Mars company has suspended the spokes candies because of the controversy involving the the new designs and whatnot and 
<laughs> They've been replaced by Maya Rudolph. And I, I, I suspect that this is part of a thing. But um, it is interesting, the statement that M&M's makes over all of this. <clears throat> In the last year, we made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. Right. And we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. Right. But now we get it. Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing. And boy, isn't that isn't that true? Even a candy's shoes can be polarizing because everything is political now. Because you've turned it into everything is political now. Not not M&M's specifically, but just in general. Everything's polarizing now because why not? We've decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson American can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. I'm not sure that America can agree on Maya Rudolph. I mean, your mileage may vary on whether or not you think that she's, you know, an acceptable spokesperson or not. But I think this is a bit. I think. It might not be. Remember, my bingo card is filling the blank. <coughs> so, who knows? All right. Okay, let me pop that in, pop this in, because MS is here just briefly. Oh, wait, let's not... Hang on. Let me... Mm, that one... Emma says, listening for a few minutes before I go meet some people. 200 downloads, 207 downloads uh, Friday. Guess our comic discussion and sci-fi snobs wit are a hit. I do think that's probably the case. It may be. <laughs> All right. Emma's <coughs> have fun at your meeting. Uh, so, yeah. All right, Sci-Fi Snap says he's blushing. Hey, any any chance that we have to uh, pat each other on the back? Uh, take that opportunity. We need we need to encourage each other. We need to lift each other up. We need to edify each other. We need to we need to you know embrace the community, as it were, right? Because there are a lot of people out there that would like nothing more than to see us fail. And I don't mean us as a channel. I mean us as people. Look out for each other out there. All right, so let us uh, first um, go here because Carolyn, who was fired from Limited Run Games as the community manager, has finally spoken up and posted some thoughts about the situation. Not a whole lot. Uh, not a whole lot. But uh, we're going to get to that here in just a second. First of all, let me give a, a, a wave and a nod to people in the chat. SB's here. Howdy and Elon, where'd that latest tweets button go? See, this is a weird thing because I know everything changed. Hi, Keely. Good to see you as well. Um, <coughs> so used to be you had the home setting and you had latest tweets setting. 
And now you go on, uh, at least on the desktop interface for Twitter, and there's for you following, uh, and for for us, it's you know Kansas City, various different the various different lists that we put together. Latest tweets is gone. The whole chronological aspect of Twitter is gone for for at least for my stuff that I'm doing. And I'm wondering where it is. Where's the latest tweets? Now, it still shows up latest tweets on, on my mobile interface, which means there's not consistency across the board here, Elon. We need, to, we need to take care of this. We need to deal with this. I just want to see what everybody is posting in, the, in reverse chronological order. I want it, the latest thing so I can see what everybody's doing, so I can see if there's any kind of developing story, if there's news breaking or anything. I don't need the first thing that shows up in my Twitter feed to be something from 16, 18, 20 hours ago. I want to see what they posted two minutes ago, 30 seconds ago. Let's get on this. Come on. All right. (coughs) So, Carolyn... Uh, posts uh, on uh, yesterday. I'm not going to go through all of this, you know, like word for word or anything, but uh, it's under the following tab. I still don't see the latest tweets, Mrs. Boss. By the way, Mrs. Boss is there in the chat. And, and under the following tab, the following the following tab doesn't always go in reverse chronological either. It's not the latest, at least not on mine. So <coughs> we want we yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. Uh, stop stop living in the past, Elon. We want to see what happened microseconds ago. Uh, anyway, okay. Yet in yes, I know the for you and the following. The following is still not chronological for me, and maybe I'm just reading it wrong. I'm an old man. Get off my lawn. All right, here we go. I'm ready to chat about the LRG situation. Is what she starts out with. Um, <clears throat> so Carolyn posting. She was the community manager at Limited Run Games. Was was fired. Apparently, at least uh, in the public space was fired apparently over some tweets from six years ago because the furry co-founder of uh, some some con uh, decided to complain and raise a ruckus about some concerns that Carolyn had posted about people taking advantage of new policies allowing transgender people into various different gender bathrooms, right? All of that, because at the time there was some concern, and it has proven to be a justified concern, because it's, you know, some people saying that they're transgender in order to get into a particular space and get access to space and attack people. Uh, this has proven to be a valid concern. Now, at the time, six years ago, you know, everybody was, you know, it, emotions were all over the place. So, furry co-founder of a, of a convention, and I don't remember the convention, i got to look it up, uh, BronyCon, for the, the co-founder of BronyCon, 
finds these tweets from Carolyn and complains and, and, and makes, us, makes us stink. And she gets fired as the community manager for Limited Run Games. And of course, the internet, being the internet, just blew up, at least in certain quarters. And for a while, we were wondering, okay, when is she going to say something? When is she going to, when is she going to speak out and tell her side? And we have reached out uh, on a couple of, and sent a, a couple of messages to invite her to come on the show and talk about it. So we're waiting to hear back on that. She has said that she's going to be come, visiting a number of different podcasts, so I imagine that her plate is going to be full very soon. So here she's posting here on uh, TwitLonger, which I guess is a Twitter extension or something that lets her you know, go more than 140 characters. <clears throat> I know that this is coming a bit late, and I really wanted, but I really wanted to sit down and write this out. I am not angry, but I am hurt. I admit that I've tried to film this a few different times, but my feelings did get the best of me, and I had trouble getting through it without crying, so here we are. She says, first and foremost, thank you so much for the absolute outpouring of love and support. I can't, I truly cannot express how grateful I am to each and every person who reached out to me, a complete stranger, to show your solidarity with my situation. Now I suppose it's time to get to the events leading up to my termination from Limited Run Games on January 6, 2023. My day started by waking up to a message from a co-worker with a link to the post that has now circulated the internet and demanded my termination from the company. This would have been from, uh, that would have been from the BronyCon co-founder, Pink, Pinky something, Pinker, Purple something, whatever. <clears throat> I can honestly say that it came out of left field. That single message was the only one I received up until I was requested to join a call at 4.30 p.m., the call in which I was informed that I was being released from the company. I had reached out to a couple of my bosses to inform them that I had seen what was going on and wasn't sure what to do. I was a wreck. I didn't receive a response until the request for the call. In that call, I will say that there were a lot of emotions. I could tell they didn't want to do what they were doing and even said they didn't want to. They were being pressured from elsewhere. Folks, this is the key sentence to all of this, at least in my view. <coughs> Everything else is peripheral to that one point. And I'm going to come back to that because... This says something about this whole situation. It, 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 something's hinky. Something stinks in Denmark, right? From what I was told, there were no other options presented, but they are providing me with a decent severance and letting me keep my health insurance for a couple more months. I had never been written up or reprimanded. See, and that speaks to some speculation that she was let go. This was the excuse that they were needing to let her go because of other problems. Well, turns out, according to her, there were no other problems. This is a one and done. She says, I had never abused my power or personal opinions on the various social channels. I even refrained from commenting or interacting with any political content or controversial topics on my personal social media accounts. Smart. This one isolated incident was apparently all it took. At least that's what I've been led to believe. That's another key point. 
if there was another reason I was not informed. They didn't want the bad publicity, and I can understand that. Unfortunately, I feel like that backfired on them, and it did in certain circles. The craziest thing about the whole situation was that we were already in the midst of hiring a new community manager because I had expressed in the previous months that I was feeling burnt out and wanted to try something new. Social media in general was taking a significant toll on my daily life and mental health and was in need of a change. January was going to be my last month as a community manager. Okay. <coughs> now, she says here she is not going to be taking legal action against limited run games. Uh, because North Carolina is an at-will state and companies can fire anyone for any reason or even no reason at all. Now, that is true about North Carolina being an at-will state, and it is true that companies can fire anybody whenever for whatever or no reason. And employees can walk out of a company for any or no reason. However, there are two carve-outs in that, in that regulation, in that law discrimination and retaliation and i think she would have a case for either or both now i'm not a lawyer i don't play one on tv i don't pretend to be one anywhere anytime at all with anybody but just from my read of uh descriptions of north carolina law and the whole at will situation if this is discrimination it is a discriminatory dis decision based on pressure from somebody because of a certain thing that she posted. Uh, a concern, a viewpoint. And if you're going to get fired because of an opinion, that's discrimination. And uh, it, I don't think retaliation would be uh, as readily possible here, but again, don't know. <coughs> but she certainly, I think, would have a case for a, uh, a discrimination carve-out uh, for that for that at-will process because there's no reason, if, if, she, if what she's saying is true and she's had no disciplinary actions, no warnings, no probation, no write-ups, no problems, and this happens because of pressure from outside, that's discriminatory because it's not job performance related. It's you posted something on the internet we don't like and, and we need to get you fired. This is cancel cult. This is cry bully keyboard warrior behavior, and the people at Limited Run Games bowed to the pressure wherever it came from. And I'm going to speculate that the pressure did not come from BronyCon co-founder. I'm I'm suspecting that the pressure probably came from higher up. It, not necessarily the owners of Limited Run Games. In fact, she addresses that here, but I think it came from someplace else. Where that pressure came from, I mean, everybody can start speculating. <clears throat> so, and she says here, Josh and Douglas fought to make sure I was taken care of. Please stop attacking Josh and Doug in a personal manner. They don't deserve the harassment, and I have no ill will against them. Th they're the owners. 
they're the owners of the com- of limited run games. Now, I've I've reached out to them as well and said, "Hey, you guys want to come on and address this?" I haven't heard anything back. So, you know, I'm I'm trying to do my due diligence here and get all the different sides of this. I don't have any interest in talking to Brony BronyCon kid, but, you know, to get the people that are actually involved in the decision-making process. But if they're being pressured from the outside somewhere to do this, I would be curious to know where that's coming from. And yes, yeah, Snob, it's, that's, a, that's a good point. She's the community manager. And as I understand it, community managers are the ones that happen, you know, dealing with the social media and the, the thing. And it might be hard to do her job if a hate mob is coming after her. But as she says in this, she was already getting ready to transition out of that job and do something else with the company. She was she was done being the community manager anyway. So, you know, let somebody else do it. I'm going to move into design or marketing or whoever else. And I'm not going to be the community manager anymore. That was, if I'm reading, you know, the way this reads, that had already been decided. So even if the hate mob comes after her, she's not going to be in that position anymore anyway. Um... Okay, so now she says, I truly believe everyone has the right to love who they want to love and, and be who they want to be as long as they're not hurting one, anyone else. My only hesitation is when children get involved. That's literally it. As long as you're kind and don't pressure your own opinion, uh, own opinion on others from any political side or religion, I believe everyone has a right to be happy in this world. Uh, <clears throat> she goes here and she says, I have no hatred toward anyone who was involved in the call for my termination. If you personally and truly felt like I had hurt the community in some way, then you have the right to that opinion, but know that I don't see it that way. That's a that's a that's a a, a much more polite way of saying it. Um You don't think you Okay, so Snob is saying if I was the company and she sued, this would be how to approach it. My point being I don't think this would be a strong case for her. I it maybe not <coughs> excuse me maybe not uh but I think if I mean the discrimination thing would be the only way you could approach it I think if she was going to and you know she she may she may have looked at it and said well you know talk to a lawyer and the lawyer says you might have a case but it's not going to be a strong enough case to you know win with a slam dunk so maybe maybe we don't move forward I don't know that would be a question that would be a question that I could ask her if she came on the show. And I'm sure that there are some agreements or requirements or some some decisions that have been made in the background on just how much she's going to talk about, what she's going to talk about, um, because, you know, you have... In these kind of situations, you have to be careful because... As we're seeing with the Crowder Daily Wire thing, <clears throat> stuff can get out of hand pretty quick, right? And I am not going to, I'm not going to touch the Crowder Daily Wire thing with a 10-foot pole. No, uh-uh, no, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. <sighs> 
So anyway, she's she's reached out and she's like, look, there's 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 people. There's not any need to get ugly and bully and and rancid on on the Internet, even though, I mean, that's what the Internet is for. Right. Getting rancid and bullying people. Hello, Matoine. Good to see you in the chat. SB in the chat. Mazers, good to see you as well. All right. So so she's addressed it. And that, as they say, is that. I'm sure that there will be more forthcoming because uh, this, this is the kind of thing uh, that does not go away. Um, just because uh, it doesn't. Some people will will not let it go. Uh, Snob's asking if we got any plans to discuss the Hogwarts Legacy video game thing. Maybe <coughs> I'm behind on that. I know I know people are, you know, people are are taking sides and drawing lines in the sand on this stuff. And if you buy Hogwarts Legacy, you're a transphobe, you're a hater, you're a turf, and blah, 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 blah. um. I know that there are some people who are sitting there going, "Oh, you don't like it? I'm going to buy two copies then." Um, and there's, you know, there's neener neener behavior on both sides. Um, I ha- I'm I'm not a gamer, so I haven't I don't have the means to play the game. I think I don't know. I is that is it is there a PC version of this? I see, I don't I don't want to think about it. Um, so I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to look at it and just look into it and see what's what. So we may address it at some point in the future, but, but know going into it that if we do talk about Hogwarts Legacy, I am doing that from a complete outsider perspective because I don't play the game. Um, I don't play video games <coughs> and... I oh you can on the Steam platform you can get a a digital only PC copy. Well, okay. All right. So it's it's available out there. It it's yeah, I I and I know the the controversy is not about the game itself. It's about the whole JK Rowling thing. Um <clears throat> I might I might I might take a look at it. I mean, I could I could take that as a request for a topic, so I'll I'll look at it and and see because I I don't want to just spout off and and just roll this opinion out without it being an informed opinion. So I will look into it. I, I'll do, I'll do that for you. All right. <laughs> when we get back, when we get back, we're gonna look at the D and D thing because the D and D thing continues to get messier and messier and messier and messier. Our transmitters are made from hand wavium. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Punch the demon face. Just punch it. Yeah, I know it's got teeth. Punch it on the head. Like, they're always like, "Ah! Ah!" No, punch it. Like, there's a little girl whose life is in danger. Do something other than just yell. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Good Morning Multiverse, Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV.
All right, here we go. Back live from the bunker. And yes, that is Tom Kane's voice. The voice of Yoda from the Clone Wars. The voice of Lord Monkey Fist. The voice of the Oscars. And he is recovering steadily from his stroke. I see his daughter Sam posts every now and again some some updates. He's making progress. He's doing he's doing well. And we wish him all the best. We miss Tom. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about this whole Watsy thing because it is um, a mess. I guess is the is the easiest way to describe this, but. We've got uh, we've got a couple of things in the works. We've we've got some invitations to people to uh, put together a panel to talk about this stuff. We've got invitations out to some people who are in the game gaming world. Uh, Ryan Dancy of uh, one, Jim Butler over at Paizo. So we're gonna we're gonna be looking at that. Uh, and yes, uh, ch- uh, snob, we do informed opinions. If you look over at our about tab on uh, on on YouTube. And in various other places, our mission statement, we provide objective, accurate news and well-reasoned opinions without malice or prejudice. That's that's the key, the core uh, element of everything that we do here. So, <clears throat> so we try to keep our opinions informed as much as possible. Um, sometimes we don't get it all right. Sometimes we don't get all the information. That's one of the things that I talk about here about about letting the story play out, letting it uh, letting it simmer for a little bit, because at some point another shoe will drop, and sometimes it's an octopus, and you get it shoe after shoe after shoe after shoe, right? And that seems to be the case with Wizards of the Coast. <clears throat> so. There is a channel D and D Shorts. Uh, I am I'm not familiar with any of these people. Again, I'm I'm on the outside looking in, and I'm trying to make sure that I get as much information about all this stuff so I actually so I, I can know what I'm talking about. But D and D Shorts is reporting did a did a video on uh, January 22nd, which I, I, was yesterday. And he says that he has a number of insiders in uh, Wizards of the Coast <clears throat> who are very much not happy about the situation. Uh, he has uh, verified and had uh, face-to-face conversations via video uh, chat uh, on on some of these people. And... Uh, He's he's been able to verify that they are who they say they are. He says, and, and again, I don't know who this guy is. Uh, he's apparently you know known in the community, I guess. <coughs> and he's he's saying that on the inside, a lot of this stuff is being uh, associated with Chris Cow. Uh, who's an executive who came from the video game world. He did some time at Zynga and Sony uh, Interactive. And he's uh, he's got these Wizards employees basically saying, 
this is all messed up. They're trying to kill D&D Beyond. They're trying to kill paper and pencil uh, games. They're trying to kill all of the physical stuff. They want to go. They want to go digital. They definitely do want to do this thirty dollars a month thing. They definitely want to do microtransactions because they haven't monetized D&D enough. And remember, a lot of these people came from Microsoft. These are video game people, and they're trying to apply the video game headspace to tabletop role-playing games. So I'm, I'm not going to play this video, but some of the quotes that he's got, um, <clears throat> apparently D&D Beyond was not was not something that Chris Cow wants to do. Uh, he's he's masterminding the future of D&D in the digital age. Uh, we have uh, this link. He didn't know what to do with D&D Beyond as it didn't fit into his plan for the future. There was actually internal communication that was dedicated to the mission statement of destroy D&D Beyond. And I'm just reading quotes from this from this video. I'll uh, I'll link to it. And uh, you can uh, decide for yourself uh, what, you, uh, what you think about all of this. This quote here, Chris wants to end all homebrew on D&D Beyond for the free tiers. No more free homebrew. He also believes people should pay much more at both the master and hero tiers. Um, they also want way more regular content coming out monthly. Replacing the current current system of quarterly books, <clears throat> uh, all of the merch and everything else, uh, as well as AI DMs, uh, which they've denied. But apparently, that denial is <clears throat> um not true. You're going to be, uh, this is another quote, you're going to be pushed to buy cosmetics, cosmetics for your character, attacks, spells, abilities, all of those animations will have microtransactions, and it's going to be a subscription-based source. The highest tier that gets you the regular content drops you can plug in and play for free will be $30 a month. Well, if you can plug in and play it for free, but you're paying $30 a month, then it's not free, is it? Uh, now, D&D Beyond, they've said rumors of a $30 subscription fee are false, but if you've got people on the inside apparently saying, no, we are going to do the $30 fee, who do you believe? They're blaming o the OGL 1.0 or a loss of revenue. Watsi Hasbro failing to be able to legally remove third-party pirate sites such as 5e Tools. Uh, as the OGL provided too much flexibility, this is seen as a loss of revenue. D&D fans are able to access content for free. Uh, and this is this is the thing. They're gonna go they're gonna try to take D&D mobile according to some of this. Now I again, this is this is quoted stuff from third party. I'm I'm not. I'm not vouching for any of this stuff. I'm just reporting what this guy is saying that the insiders on on and wizards has said. <clears throat> but again, this goes back to um, the practice that the entertainment media and the entertainment companies out there are using uh, lying dishonesty as a marketing tool. Well, I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna lie about what you're planning to do, 
or if you're going to deflect and say, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're planning to do. But if you if you know that that's not true, if you know, you know, if you're deliberately trying to mislead your customer base, if you're deliberately trying to lie about what your plans are, I'm not sure that I want to buy your product. Whether it's a good product or not is irrelevant. And if you know, if this kind of thing is going on in the D and D community, I mean and and you know, we can see in Hollywood. <coughs> Hollywood does the same thing. I mean, how many times has JJ Abrams lied to us about what's in the next Star Trek movie or I mean, Russell D. Davies does it, but he does it as a bit, and everybody knows it's a bit. But it's still not a good thing to be doing, lying to your customers. Uh, here's, here's a note here. Leadership's first communication to the rank and file on the OGL was 30 minutes on January 11th. So just a couple of days before the deadline was hit it was going to hit for publishers to sign the new OGL the staff found out the OGL even existed huh i'm sorry you're telling your people what your plan is to change everything about everything a couple of days before it's supposed to happen and you spend 30 minutes on it and that's it? I'm sorry. I... <clears throat> okay. We have all volunteers here. And I spend a good amount of time in emails and phone calls and Zoom Zoom conversations with those volunteers and talk about the plans and the schemes and the things what we want to do. We just had we just had one of those meetings here a couple of two, three weeks ago about here's the plan for twenty twenty three. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what I would like to do. Here's what we need to do. What do you guys want to do? We had we had probably a good two hour discussion <clears throat> on everything that's rolling out for the year. It's not just, hey, by the way, in, uh, in a couple of days we're going to do this. Thanks, bye. I can do that. I'm not gonna. And, and yeah, it's not, I think that's exactly what it was. They knew it would be unpopular. Why give them more time to come up with their opposition to the plan? And, and that, could be, that could be a good bit of this, where they said they're going, you know, nobody's going to like this. <coughs> and that's probably why Watsi had to pivot. And ha We still haven't heard anything from Hasbro, as far as I know. Now, there's some report that Hasbro pressured Watsi, and something may have been said on the, on the back end, you know, behind the scenes. But we don't have an official statement from from Hasbro, as far as I as I am aware. But to to tell your staff just a little bit at the last minute that tells me that you're you're uh, you're anticipating an employee uprising as well. Don't give them a chance to push back on the staff side of things either. Well, this is the way it's going to be. Go home. Good night.
which is not fair to your staff because your staff is going to figure hey hold on what's going on your staff is going to be wondering what's happening and that's bad for morale more than anything you know, not the least of which if you have people that are in public facing jobs and they're getting people you know like the press and the media and sitting there going hey what's going on with this thing if you don't know what's going on with it you can't address concerns and issues from the outside that makes everybody look a little inept. I don't know. Here's a quote. Chris Cow is from a gaming background. Almost every meeting with him includes him talking about this at some point. He doesn't play D&D because, according to him, he doesn't need to play it to understand what the community wants. He believes that his experience with MMO video games and mobile games is enough, and it's all the same anyway. Um, That's a bad idea. That's a bad look. <clears throat> because if, if I mean, you go back to what Bo DeMao said about the, the writing staff on, on The Witcher, you know, and what he said about his requirements for the writing staff of, of uh, X-Men 97, right? If you're going to be on the writing staff of X-Men 97, you have to be a fan of the original show. Because the people over at The Witcher are not. They're not fans of the video game. They ridicule the video game. They haven't read the books. They're not familiar with the source material. They deride it, look down on it. That's not the kind of people that you want making the thing if they don't like the thing. And if this is accurate, I'll put these caveats in just because. Uh, if this is accurate and Chris Cow thinks that it's all the same kind of stuff between uh, tabletop and role-playing games and dice games and card games and mobile games and video games and whatnot, that's, that's, a, that's a bad perspective because the mechanics of these games are different and the way they get played is different and the reasons they get played are different. <laughs> All right. Stubbs says, I like sushi. My family hates sushi. I tell them we're going out to dinner, but don't tell them where until we park at the sushi place. And now nobody will get in the car on Friday night. Well, you know, you reap what you sow, right? <laughs> anyway. All right. So I, this thing just keeps getting messier and messier and messier. And and if you've got, uh, uh, what's her name? Cynthia, Cynthia, what's her name? Um, is it Jackson? The, the chief, the, the, the chief what in charge, if, if, and, and she came from Microsoft as well. We wrote, we had this correspondent, Kay had an article about all of this, you know, this under monetized crap. We're not making enough money. They they want to make uh, 150 million or whatnot a, a year, a month. I mean, they want to they they want to really, really, really get into this space and turn D and D into uh, another big billion dollar baby brand. You know, Wizards of the Coast estimates that 50 million people have played the game since 1974. And while Hasbro does not break out D&D as a segment in its public filings, it noted that 2021 represented the game's ninth consecutive year of growth. 
Arpina Kosharin, a, U, a UBS analyst, estimates the DND is now responsible for 100 to 150 million dollars in annual revenue. They want that that number to go up by quite a bit, by a by a factor of ten. And they don't want to they don't want to do physical books. They want everything to be digital. Now remember, folks. Remember what remember what we keep talking about. Physical versus digital. Remember what happened to Jeremy at the quartering over the magic and you know, over the whole Magic the Gathering thing? They suspended his account. And all of the stuff that he owned, quote unquote, disappeared. Gone. All the stuff that he paid good money for, gone. He doesn't have access to it anymore. It's gone. It doesn't exist. And I would tell you that all of this digital download stuff doesn't exist anyway whether you pay for it or not whether it's out there on the cloud somewhere or not even if it's somewhere on your computer if there's a kill switch in it somewhere and they send that thing out next time you lo- you log into the internet that kill switch comes in and deletes whatever it is that you've got get the physical media <coughs> none of this digital download crap none of this cloud stuff Get the physical media. If the game is available on a CD-ROM, if the game is available on a Blu-ray disc, if the game's available somehow, if you're if you have to download it, put it somewhere on a on a disc or something. You know, save it to a disc because you're paying for it. It should be yours. Now, rentals are different. Licenses are different. I don't know how a lot of these video games operate in terms of, you know, what your money gets you access to do. But anywhere that you can buy the physical media, buy the physical media. Here's a quote from a from a staffer. I cannot reiterate enough just how much entitlement and arrogance is involved in the way that the executive leadership team operate and treat the D&D community. Here's another one. The greed and arrogance being portrayed by the executive team is absurd. They honestly view the whole D&D community as their cash cow, and they're trying to take away other businesses' access to that. And that goes back to the revocability or irrevocability of, <clears throat> of the original OGL because they want to do away with the original OGL because that gets competitors away from their product. And there are a lot of people on the inside that are not happy with this. Here's a quote here. There are many good managers and senior managers at the company who really do care for their teams, work to make their jobs better, and try their best to shield them. Uh, Ray Winninger, no longer there. They say, with Ray gone, most of the direction for D&D will come from Chris Cowell with Kyle Brink playing a very diminished supporting role. Now, Kyle Brink is the guy who came out with the second apology last week that said, all right, we screwed up. This is what we're going to do. You know, here's here's the plan moving forward. Here's OGL 1.2. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make it a draft. Everybody can watch and everybody can look. We're doing a play test. Blah, blah, blah. But if this is accurate, they're saying that Kyle's basically going to be in a supporting role which means maybe he doesn't have a whole lot of, of options at this point. They're just going to tell him what to do. And he's the face, <clears throat> which means he's the scapegoat. 
he's the one that's going to fall on his sword if if all of this goes belly up, which it's likely to do. Because if Paizo gets their Orc license put together and they've got, they say, 1,500 different publishers that are signed on to that, Watsi's in trouble. Christopher Hoffman in the chat, host of Vault of the Killer Bees, says, I hope D&D doesn't turn into a Warhammer situation. I really enjoy Warhammer, but the prices for miniatures are outrageous, plus the cost of paints and primer, the extras... Uh, make it a uh, put it out of uh, the budget and and see and that's the thing we're gonna nickel and dime you to death until you decide you don't want to play anymore then what happens you know if you've got if you already got people unsubscribing you know canceling their subscriptions to D&D beyond because of all of this they're already losing money and I would imagine that that's probably caught the attention of Hasbro and that's probably where some of the pressure came for get this fixed. Get some apologies out there. Backtrack. Fix this. <clears throat> now, whether they're going to fix it or not, you know, depends on what they do and how the D&D community, how the RPG community, both on the publisher's side and on the player side, how they how they react to what Wizards of the Coast finally puts out. And people are still going through the, the 1.2 draft. I know Runkle has done it uh, fairly, fairly extensively. has gone through point by point on this. But as long as, I, and this is my impression, it seems like as long as getting rid of 1.0 is still in there, that's a, that's a non-starter. Monitoring your social media everywhere else and and being your your thought police, that's a, that's also in there. That's a non-starter as well for a lot of people. You don't have the right to tell me how I should or should not behave on social media. And that's that's where a lot of this stuff uh, that's where a lot of this stuff comes in, where you know you're gonna be, you're going to be the thought police. You're going to tell me what I can or cannot say. You know, that's not your right to do, Wizards of the Coast. I mean, <clears throat> to a certain extent, I can understand not wanting people to put together, uh, you know, modules or whatnot that that do do you know encourage illegal behavior and whatnot. But you're not the morality police. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not the ones in charge. You're not big brother. <coughs> Snob says, I don't understand this D&D stuff. There are so many paper copies of the rules and so much content, plus making your own content, you could play for several lifetimes. Yeah, you could. See, and that's, and that's part of the problem, at least according to some of these insiders. You could go ahead and you could just make up your own stuff using the mechanics of what's out there under the OGL 1.0, and some of this, some of this, I think, goes more more toward third party publishers than it does individual players. Because if I'm a dungeon master and I'm going to put together a game of D and D, and I'm going to bring you know three or four or five people together and we're going to play a game, that's okay. That's just us sitting around a table playing the game. 
Now, if I broadcast that and I'm making money off of that broadcast, that's a different type of thing. And if I create all this stuff and then I publish it somehow, or if I make it available to other people, that's money that Wizards of the Coast is not getting because I'm just making this stuff up under under 1.0 and I can do whatever I want to with it to disseminate it. And I think that's that's where the that's where the rub is on some of this stuff because they want to they want to make money off of everything that anybody is doing as as a as a direct thread out of 1.0. They want to get rid of 1.0 because it's so loose. And they want to they want to be able to control your access to everything else through paywall is what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. So I I don't know. <coughs> we'll see. Somebody says here, uh, working at Wizards of the Coast, it's not a good environment. I keep in touch with people from all areas of the business, including the Magic the Gathering teams, D and D Beyond, D and D Sandcastle, D and D Studio team. I, it sounds like it sounds like Wizards of the Coast is not a happy place to live. Uh, even though the executive leadership claims to care about people, they repeatedly show that they only see people as resources to be used and disposed of when they are no longer useful. So, yeah, eh, I don't know. <clears throat> and no, stop. I don't. I don't think we're talking about illegal behavior within the game. I'm talking about, you know encouraging people to do illegal things outside the game. I'm not sure how that exactly works. I'm not sure. See, but see that and, and that's the point. It doesn't. I I can I can make all sorts of social media posts about whatever doesn't have anything to do with D&D, doesn't have anything to do with role-playing games, doesn't have anything to do with video games. You know, I could be posting something about pineapple on pizza, and if Wizards of the Coast decides we don't like that post you made about uh, about pineapple on pizza, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna penalize you. That's what they want to do. There is a morality clause in the new OGL. It's it's a it's a block of text that basically says if we don't like your if we don't like your activity online, we will deny your access to all of this other stuff. Not even having anything to do with the game. So, I'll uh, here's what I, I'll I'll go through and I'll get uh, I'll get Runkle's uh, I'll get Runkle's video on it, and uh, and post a link in the in the notes, and uh, and we'll go from there. Now, meanwhile, D and D uh, D and D Shorts uh, has referenced that anything else that he gets sent to him is going to go to Linda Cadega over at Gizmodo. She's done a number of articles on this situation. And whatever you may feel about Gizmodo, uh, they've been pretty steady in covering this. So <clears throat> take the bad with the good, I guess. I don't know. I haven't watched all of the... I, I, haven't, I haven't read all of the different articles that Linda has posted uh, but apparently she seems to be on the forefront of this, you know, covering this. And and correspondent K on our side of things uh, is also looking into this. We're going to we're going to try we're going to do a follow up article here pretty soon. But I, I'm definitely wanting to get some people in 
if we can get Jim Butler in here uh, to talk about what Paizo's plans are, uh, we're going to do that as soon as we can. At some point, we'll get Ryan uh, Ryan uh, Dancy in here to talk about things. Um, so the saga continues, right? It's gonna it's gonna keep going. <coughs> so <clears throat> meantime, we'll be talking about some other stuff, and uh, we will uh, <clears throat> we will circle back to this. I'm sure we'll pull a we'll pull a sake on you. All right, so tomorrow night, uh, new H2O podcast, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. That's a new day and time, so make a note. And uh, we will have our, hopefully, I think we're going to have our money edition tomorrow. We'll have uh, Dan and Matt, maybe Culture Casino in here, talking about uh, various different layoffs that are happening and uh, the latest on the proxy war at Disney. <clears throat> and who knows? We'll look at some other stuff, too. I think Regal Cinemas is, is uh, getting rid of some screens. There's uh, there's trouble. There's trouble in River City, ladies and gentlemen. And it starts with the economy. And the economy is, is not doing well. Uh, despite what President Asterisk would want you to think. All right, uh, social media platforms, we're on various different ones. You can connect with us on all these different ones. And uh, you can uh, find us on various different uh, video platforms. And uh, the newsletter is out there. You can sign up for it. The Discord server is up and active. And we've got quite a few uh, chats over there going on uh, about this and other topics. So uh, find us over on Discord. That link is there. It's in our notes. And I really, really, really would like uh, for more people to join us over there. So uh, do that. And in the meantime, uh, remember, it's your money. And it's your vote. And I will leave you with this quote from Frank Herbert. <clears throat> the undeserving maintain power by promoting hysteria. Remember, folks, the people in charge are not your friends. They want you to think there are five lights, but there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 